0: Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Did you know I've had my podcast for 15 years? Do you know that it is the most downloaded sports podcast of all time? Did you know I have guests from the sports world, from the culture world, people who work for the ringer, people outside the ringer, celebrities, experts, you name it. It's on my podcast three times a week, late Sunday night, late Tuesday night, late Thursday night, the Bill Simmons podcast. Check it out on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by cars.com.
1: Try to run. Try to hide. Break on through to the other side.
2: (laughs) I'm so glad I hit record.
1: Hi everyone and welcome to Righty's House on Ringer RC. if you're all safe and well. Today we're gonna to talk about Leon's fantastic win over Barcelona in the Women's Champions League final. Then we're gonna move on to some more from the Premier League final day. And we'll also chat Leeds, Burnley, Brighton, Brentford, and more. And my guests are Maya Quadri and Mr. Karlanka. How are we doing, fellas? Good, it's been a while. It's been a it's been it a has, minute, it huh? has. That's too what I'm long, saying now. Too I'm, long. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, t- I'm taking that from Mayola. It's been a minute, man. Too long, Carl. What can I say? How's your head this morning, bro? My head's a little
0: sore.
2: My head's a little sore. I can't lie. I got in about two o'clock in the morning. Uh, I had had a really nice conversation with someone who uh, distributes books to in Uh Devon. So I was up a little bit late uh, talking about books. Can you explain? Can you just
1: explain to our our listeners, please, Carl, why you was up so late? The reason.
2: So I I I was invited to to the Nibbies uh, which are the British Book Awards they're sort of like the BAFTAs for books Uh, I I was shortlisted for two awards Uh, the You Are a Champion the book I co-wrote with Marcus Rashid Mm. was nominated for Best Children's nonfiction and Best Overall Book of the Year and I'm pulling your face because I still can't find the words to say this. But I won, we won both we two won both. times. Yes, <laughs>
1: two times, two times, two times, time. time and the two time. You know something? I'm so pleased because um, I remember right at the outset of that and the conversation we was having about you getting ready to write that and how pleased you were and how nervous you were and how you wanted to, because to understand the pressures. That you're going to go you're going to go through trying to write that book for that particular individual what he is what he's what he's achieved what he's doing what he, and you fucking nailed it bro <laughs> you nailed it and you are getting the right you're rightly getting recognized for an awesome book an awesome inspiring book both of you should get all the flowers in the world thank you thank you you smashed I had, it had a great out with Marcus's mom you and, smashed and just it out the apart. You,
2: you know what you... you, you. And Marcus's, Marcus's mom Melanie, uh-huh. said, you always remember, you know, if you can believe it, you can achieve it. And mm-hmm. and the point of, I think what all of us do in, in our creative space is we're just trying to help more people believe it, right? Yes, you, bro. You, you write the book, you do that article, you interview that athlete and you basically say, you believed it, you achieved it, what's the advice you can give to the next generation? What's the stuff you want to give to the next people? And I think, that's great. I, I absolutely love it when my aura is interviewing any athlete and there's always a bit, maybe like five minutes in mm. and you can just see the athlete start smiling Yes, they can't help themselves because like, this is a good conversation. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm like, he's got <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it's great. great bro, stuff. Honestly, What's happening, Mays?
0: I'm good, man. It's good to be back, man. I've missed you guys. Missed you guys. We back missed you, bro. But you, got, but you got the youth, man, bro. Yeah, man. It's been good. It's been good. This morning was... Um, Kids are funny, man. They do something to you, don't they? I, um...
1: Honestly. Honestly.
0: <laughs> man, are you auditioning to be like Jack Bauer? Your 24 hours Oi. was insane. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you finished there. Yeah, your setup was wild. <laughs> finished there in the morning. I, was, this was, I wanted to know, like, how is, how how is, is your setup working? North like London. What? North London, and you, what, North
0: London then, Yes. Office, so, yes. Th- Champions League final than that.
1: Before, it was like- amazing. So obviously Friday is brilliant because I, I went and done the um, Champions League fi- women's final with Design and I left on the Friday. So we got there and it was all, it was all just fantastic. So many things mm-hmm. going on. Unbelievable people walking in and around. airport. I had an unbelievable, lovely chat with Gaish Kamendieta who was there. Um, so then you've done that. Then you have the meetings. Then you go to it. Then you wake up in the morning, you go to the game. And i got to say, you know, the game was amazing, what I thought it would be. Went through the game, blah, 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 everything. Then I leave. I had to literally leave like half an hour after that because I had to go to Milan to get the flight back. And then I had to, then once we got back the flight back to London, then I had to go down to to Arsenal because the, the wall of doubt, which I'm doing is about, you know, share your doubts because, you know, we've with a young person who's going through unbelievable amount of doubts at the moment. So you share your doubt with a young person, hopefully help them to overcome theirs. So I've done that campaign. Then I got back in the car, then drove to Manchester um, to, to to get to do match of the day. And then done match of the day, unbelievable match of the day. What a great day it was for football. And then, you know what I mean? I left, what? I left there at 12, 12 in the night and then drove home, got home at 3.30 in the morning. It was, and, and you know what? If you could, if I could have chosen 24 hours. I don't think I could have chosen it better than what I had to do in wow. there because every single thing I'd done in that kind of 24 hours, Carl, you know, was so worth it. The Champions, the Champions League final, the Women's Champions League final was amazing from start to finish. It was like the, the, the matchup with the two teams, you know, Leon being the, the dominant force, Barcelona coming in now with all their justified hype, like I said, coming into a game where they're now trying, fellas. To actually say, right, we've been so dominant and we're, you know, this is us. Because when Barcelona came, right, they, we, I saw when Barcelona's coach came, they came with music, they walked off, they looked amazing. The confidence was exuding mm-hmm. out of them. And this is something else with football, what you can never, ever judge. There's nothing that me looking at them with all the experience I've had, what, looking at football players, watching them when they're coming to play in a game, I could never have, know, never have thought that they would have started a game under the kind of pressure they kind of cracked under it guys they cracked under it and leon were amazing <laughs> in the pressure and their game plan mm. unbelievable
2: there was an amazing description from my mm. friend kim on twitter that said barcelona rocked up to the champions league final thinking it was going to be a football game uh, and leon yes. turned it into a hockey fight which uh, <laughs> i think you know the, the two big moments this weekend mm. leon beating barcelona those ridiculous five minutes with manchester city and aston villa yes Mm -hmm. they're both really interesting examples of what happens when a team that is previously all conquering and think you know Mm -hmm. one of those teams that just has the ball and just don't get flustered finally Mm -hmm. get flustered yes and our that third goal leon scored i mean the first goal okay won the goal happens one yes second goal you know ada amazing movement feels off yeah Beautiful one two. But it's bam, that third goal cross. where Barca just cannot get out of the press.
0: Full court press. This
2: is well, it. You like know. An aggression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And you know what I was gonna and you know the thing with that, Carl, is that what I was trying to explain things like they're not getting the kind of pressure in their own league and in certain games leading up to the, the Champions League where when they lose the ball mm-hmm. and a team is in their face to mm-hmm. the to the to the extent that Leon was, they literally didn't know what to do. And then that last goal looked kind of chaotic from their point of view, but Leon had the plan. When we spoke to Ada Egerberg after, she said she, they wanted to keep them under pressure. They wanted to see them, guys, what they would be like with the kind of pressure that they're going to try and put on them for the whole game. And it was it was, when you watch it, and like you're saying, rightly saying, to watch teams that are so dominant just all of a sudden lose it like that, was amazing. Obviously, Man City found it, but Barcelona couldn't get it back.
0: But do you know what I loved through all of this in both examples, which is really telling, is it was two examples of teams, if you talk about Man City and Leon, that in moments of difficulty, they have to pause and say, do not forget who you are. Mm-hmm. We are the best of the best. With Man City, it was a thing where for the first time ever, you saw them flustered trying to play long ball. The night of nowhere, it said, hold on this isn't is what right we do, five goals in three minutes you bring on Gun- Gundo who won the league for you last season and said listen back to basics we are the best and no one can talk for us Aida, what I loved about um, Ada was before 20 months out she was in mm, 20 months yeah, 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 yeah. there was all this talk about who the best in the world and everything and she came and there was a lot of stick talk before the, and it was like listen we can be as confident as we want I'm coming back from my place as number one player mm. in the world and we are going to prove to you that our Champions League heritage and who we are is yes. it. and they did that from. It wasn't even from minute one. From before the game, they were just up for it. It was just that. Listen, you guys have been nice, but we are nicer mm. than. And they we were so respectful see, we're to them make as well, sure mate. You know. yeah, 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 so
1: respectful to them uh, for what they've done. But I think that it's a stark reminder to Barcelona because people are saying, "I'm watching Barcelona, and I'm watching obviously, um, watching Leon over there celebrating, and watching the Barcelona players. Kind of, they were standing a little bit scattered." Because I think that they were bewildered. For a team that, when they scored 146 goals, I think they conceded eight up until that point, right? All of a sudden, they have been put in a situation where they have been pressured all the way through. Pateas was still, still fantastic with some of the stuff she'd done, scored her goal. But the pressure they put on her, we hadn't seen it nowhere, no time before. And I believe that Barcelona players, when I was watching them, they, the, the questions, guys, that must have been going through their heads is what's going on? What happened? What's just happened? And people are saying, oh, they'll come back stronger. Remember how dominant they've been. They've final. And let's face it, guys, for that first, that first half got absolutely owned by Leon. So now they've got what? They've got to do all this, get to a final and win it to kind of alleviate this and, and put this in its place in history for them to keep going. And I think that's going to be tough, especially when you Mm -hmm. listened to Alexia Pateas' interview, because I got kind of cooked for saying their league don't give them enough stress and pressure for them to be able to deal with this kind of pressure. Because I think the French league is getting stronger. That's why Leon, you know what I mean? It's taking them their Mm -hmm. time to get themselves back. She said it, Pateas said, we need that.
2: One of my favourite football people on Twitter, all of our reading uh, is Grace Robinson at Grace on Football, and she once wrote this amazing thing on the Bundesliga tax. and she said the Bundesliga attack isn't necessarily, and she argued that the Bundesliga tax isn't necessarily about quality mm-hmm. in in like strength, right? But what it might be is just tactical variants. So if you look at the Bundesliga, yep. most teams defend, middle block, counter pressing. They everyone basically tries to play mm-hmm. the same style of football, and then the Premier League, you can play. Mm-hmm. Burnley one weekend a and then you might have to play Southampton the next weekend and then you might have to play mm-hmm. Dif- uh, yeah. Chelsea the weekend after. Mm-hmm. And that's three very different styles of football. And I think this is what you're seeing with Barcelona in they are very brilliant in their league at playing one kind of football. And it's remarkable, right? And I, mm-hmm. I still can't forget what they did yes. to Chelsea in the Champions League final not too long ago. They're amazing out wide They've just got just, yeah. like, just amazing quick switches and rotations in, in central midfield. And then they've just got amazing finishing. And, and you could see it in the second half against Leon that they were still trying to play same way, same way, same way against Leon. Leon was like, well, we know how to beat, we know how to defend against this. We've been doing this for ages. Yeah. So we're going to just pack, pack strong in the middle. And then when you try and spin out a wide, we're just going to press you. Unbelievable. you know, Wendy Unbelievable. Renard was incredible on Saturday. Supreme. Just immediately. Bolting out of um, the back line on the halfway line. And Barcelona just haven't had to deal with a centre-back yes. that can win all of their 1v1s one on the halfway line like that. And that's why Leon
0: now have eight Champions Leagues. Yes. Which is ridiculous. Eight. Eight of them. It's, it's insane. It's insane. And it's just that dominance. And we talk about the greatest teams ever, when we talk about sports and everything. And this is where football is so interesting because when it comes to greatness, there's always another level. If you win a trophy, it's like, can you do Mm back-to-back? If you win just one trophy, it's like, can you do a treble? Can you do a quadruple? There's always, and it always comes down to fine margins. Like Chelsea last year were at the cusp of greatness and they meet a superior team who wiped them. Barcelona this year, you do everything right, get to Champions League final, Heritage does its thing. There's so many of these small moments. Again, look at the um, Premier League. Liverpool have lost two leagues by one point. (laughs) there's always another level and it always comes down to the small margin but it's about in those moments yeah. what can you do to make sure you get across the line and I think that's why teams like Barcelona where it's all down to philosophy it's very difficult because you live by the sword you die by the sword even if we talk about their league and everything great. that's great but for them it's always been this is who we are this is identity and we will stick by it and it's very difficult when your identity, you look yourself in the mirror and you go, hold on, I don't like who I'm looking at. Because that's what happened for the third goal. Well, I think goal. that's what potatoes yeah, done. Yeah, that's what happened for the third goal. It was like, uh, oh. Buzz heart the back. Yeah, yeah. This Got isn't, I don't up. like this anymore. <laughs> I don't like this anymore. How do
1: we do <laughs> that? Do <laughs> that It was like, you know, I was thinking, uh, well, I would expect, right? I would expect Leon to start like this. Mm-hmm. But, then, but to you sustain know, watching, it. Yeah, to saying, and sustain then, it was also
2: interesting. You don't... I, yes,
1: I, that's the thing. That's what I was thinking. Barcelona would have probably thought that. But I tell you what would have surprised them more than anything else is the way that they closed them down. Then Henri, the way she smashed into. Potatoes. won the ball, And not only did she, she, she take it off the best player in the world, but then, she, oh, I know I'm meant to be doing this holding kind of play, but no, nah, man, I'm going to hit this from 30 yards. That shocked the life out of Barcelona. It shocked them. And if I'm going to be totally honest, even after the second goal, I'm thinking, "Oh my god, they must be having like visions of 2019, right?" And then I'm thinking they need to score soon when it's three 0 And then I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is this is horrible." But then they score their goal. But then they created two chances. Oh, the crossbar. They, they, ah. The crossbar. Yes, yeah. But the one of the crossbar. But before they had the kind of chances that even as well as as Leon played and how well they, Barcelona being more ruthless with their finishing. Probably get back into that game. Maybe it just wasn't for them, but they missed ch- great chances. It it turns into you're fighting. I know we've been doing the comparison
0: with City. With City, they mm. they managed to get those three goals in five minutes. Like oh my gosh! But they're playing a side that is of less quality. Like if we, let's call a spade a spade, yeah. and that's why. Mm. For some, if we look at it, would they be able to do that against Madrid? No. So once you go, once you no. go to three goals down, mm. you're now thinking, oh my gosh, I have to get these three goals back, and I'm playing against some mm. of the best players in the world that yeah. chance you normally take where you're so relaxed, you're tense.
2: Mm. You're snatching. It, you're it snatching. just becomes, yes. a, it becomes yes. a different proposition. There's the, there's this brilliant, I think, I think it's from Star Trek. It's the, the idea that you think you're winning at chess and then all of a sudden you're losing at poker. Like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah, this, it, it, I hear you. It, it's not so much the strategy, it's that, that fine margin, that 1%, that extra bit of thinking and I remember mm-hmm. Thomas Tuchel before the the men's Champions League final against Man City, he said, you got, you know, Champions League final, you got to bear in mind, all these players are physically exhausted mm-hmm. and the emotion is so high within them that you don't want to o- overload them with too much information. Mm-hmm. You, want to, you want to go out there and give them a system yeah. that they are really familiar yeah. with mm-hmm. and then you hope that they're, they, the emotional content of that game will carry yeah, them yeah, through. Yeah. And then, you know, City didn't do well because essentially Pep changed things. Of course he, does, didn't like use, he, he does, and you could see some of these missed chances from Barcelona are that half second where some of the best players in the world who just have not flopped all season are thinking before they take the shot, right. or it, you know maybe thinking is probably not the best way. The subcon- the things they would do subconsciously, mm. they're pausing,
0: become second thought. Yeah, just, just that just half. Yeah, but then what second. happens and while you're the, playing? You know,
1: needs. while you're playing, you're playing in a game. If you're You know, especially in the first half, they went in 3-1, but then you come out, Mm -hmm. you go and you sit in that 15 minutes and you're thinking to yourself, if you're Barcelona players, what's just happened? We've got to get ourselves going. They needed to score in the first five, 10 minutes of the second half to make that, to really make it comfortable. But Mm -hmm. the fact is, they're probably sitting there thinking, we have to get back in this game. We have to score. We have to, that brings pressure. As a player, that is exactly like you said, instead of just doing it naturally, like they've been doing all season. So easily, because it's been so easy, all of a sudden we're seeing the so-called great players, and I still believe they're great players, but now they've got a different test in their head because the pressure's different. You know, this is somebody like, we have to say with Patella, she delivered. She was marked very tightly. You could see her getting frustrated. She's still done her little bits. She got in like and scored her goal. But her interview after the game was the interview of somebody that seems to be having... A lot of questions in her head right now. A lot of questions in her head because the season they've had, you'd, it was nearly perfect. And they've got, and they've fallen at the last hurdle, and they're probably asking themselves why. And I don't think it's anything to do with them. I think it's more to do with the fact that they're not getting the kind of, again, the opposition that needs for them to suffer in games where they have to fight back. Like we've seen Manchester City. Manchester City was suffering in that game. And when I watched it, I'm thinking, okay here we go because you could feel it in you could feel it on the pitch and you could feel it in the stands you can feel the villa players chest getting bigger and then you could feel the man city players thinking oh my god who's going to help us where's kevin where's kevin and especially i think the second gunduan goal you look at the setup of of um, of villa who were doing unbelievably defensively in that game and then it just come down to especially for the second one, second goal, like Douglas Luiz and Jacob Ramsey, the ball goes to, I think it might have been Kinseo, and he he kind of cuts it back in. But what happens is, in fact, it was Kinseo, who plays it straight through, straight through, and then Tyron Mings goes to cut it out, remember? Mm-hmm. And Douglas Luiz should have cut that space off. He should have cut that ball off because it came from about all the way along the floor, this ball. This pass came from about 20 yards away along the ground. And then you look at Jacob Ramsey and it was, yeah, Douglas Louise, who got drawn towards Kevin De Bruyne who was on the right and left the massive space that they were trying to play into Jesus. And then again, that mistake from um, Douglas Louise, Stevie Gerrard looks at that, he says, why have you come across? Stay and stop that pass. And then you look at the, from an England international in Tyrone Mings touch with the amount of space that he had even if you do have a bad touch you should still still be able to get it it was so bad that Kevin De Bruyne who was behind them two was able to come in pass the ball down to the right they cross it Gundogan scores and what that said to me was and exactly like you said at the start there Mayowa all of a sudden we have to play how we play this is how we play because if we carry on trying to play differently and going long and doing different things, we are going to get beat. It just goes down to the margins, man. Liverpool, Liverpool have lost the league for me. And if we're going to really go down to fine like the minutiae of how close Liverpool came to winning the league and it was down to, if you could, I'm just going to say, Douglas Luiz goes in that, in that space, then they can't pass it in there. And if it doesn't go, and, and if and, and if Tyron Mings has a better touch, he probably they don't get that goal. For me, they might. You know, I I'm not saying that, okay, I'm really going deep on that one, but I'm saying if they were able to focus on that, you can put it down to those two things and saying Liverpool could have won the league if they were a little bit tighter in those situations. Do you understand what I'm trying to say there?
2: Yeah. I th- I think it's ridiculous. You consider. This is a thirty-eight game season, and it could come down to that. And the Premier League was decided on a centre back having a <laughs> bad touch, thinking too much in a, in a certain moment, and 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 Douglas We basically getting sucked mm. into thinking about one amazing talented player, forgetting mm. the other one, and it's that small, and it's the um that final day. Mm. Oh come on, man. It's amazing. Right, so, there was a time where wa- Mara, how did you how did yeah. you watch your one? Because I wanna I want to know I want to know your setup.
0: So this is this is where it was really funny. So before that, I was gonna say, based on what we're talking about, um um closing mm-hmm. the Women's Champions League mm-hmm. fan on linking into this. Right, when you were playing, did you ever have a moment where you saw like an amazing goal and you thought, oh my god, what screwed? <laughs> because for me that Henri goal in the champions league final. If you if you couldn't see that champions league final you're thinking you know what okay we're not winning today. That Coutinho goal when that goes in you're <laughs> that, thinking okay you know what. Honestly okay. and the <laughs> way he eyes the eyes <laughs> <to> Edison <laughs> is wrapped. It was
1: ugh, he eyes it. but like you do you see that goal like you you're, you're right when 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 Henri scores that goal against barcelona you're feeling oh my gosh oh my gosh. But then when you've already scored and t- again you know you could go down to the fine details in the small margins but Ollie Watkins has a chance in that game that could put that probably could have made it 3 mm-hmm. 0. Oh my gosh. How have you missed that chance? When it went to two, you f- you think, oh my gosh, City, you've blown it. Because we I know for a fact Liverpool are going to beat Wolves. I know the goals are coming. But like, <laughs> honestly, I, I wanted Liverpool to score and, and go into the place where they where they were winning.
0: Yep. Yeah. Because all they of were that, at, they, were, yeah, they were never yeah. actually
1: winning. So it's funny because no.
0: Carl, you asked me how I watched it. So I was at I was at the Chelsea game mm-hmm. mm. and it was a nothing game really. It was, well, it was Mike Dean's final game. So that was interesting. But the Watford fans are relegated. Um, they're relegated. So they're just singing funny songs and everything. I'm just there basically to see Rüdiger say goodbye. So, right, right. you know, a cult hero. But... There was a moment in the game where, you know, sort of old school Premier League years, like the text messages are coming mm. through. <laughs> and so scored. this has happened, this has happened. And it was a weird moment where the whole stadium, including Watford fans, were singing, Cete, Cete, Cete. And I thought, hold on, mm-hmm. what is going on here? Then I realised we lost in two cup finals. Oh, course. of course. Them. But there was a moment in the game where even the players weren't concentrating. And I kid you not, there was a sloppy pass and everything because the stadium had, had affected them. Then Dan Gozing scores for mm. Watford. I didn't even know he was on loan at Watford. I did not even like where have you been? Why are you
2: why are This you is what be- I get when I look at Watford team <laughs> sheets sometimes. I'm like, wait, where did you come from? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> They've always got something special. But that's always something, <laughs> something I always special, something, something surprising that. that these Watford team sheets.
0: <laughs> but that was that was how weird it was in the sense that there was so much information coming in that it affected the players on the mm. pitch, that there was lapses in yeah. concentration. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, yes, you know, City are going to win it. Great. Oh, we've conceded. Oh, let's score a goal. Let's make sure the fans aren't like angry at mm. the end of the season. Barkley scores in his 100th game. Really weird. But just being yeah. there and just kind of getting these messages in and then you're looking at the table and you're like, hold on. So you're telling me in all of this, the table hasn't... Mm. What? And yeah. then you see Salah scores and then in your head, yeah. you start you start drawing up scenarios. you are like, okay, if Salah scores, he gets golden boot, he wins them the title. Oh my gosh, the Premier League scriptwriters are going overtime. I remember it we was, doesn't happen. Mm. It doesn't happen. But the, for me, the key part of all of it, oh, Leeds yeah. and Burnley, oh my yeah, that word. Was, they would have really thought they
1: were out of I'm it. I'm devastated for, for Burnley because it seems to have gone so wrong there in the last couple of years with what's going on with, uh, with ownership. And again, a, a, a club that was, they, they're kind of debt free and now they're layered with debt. Now they got rid of their manager who's done unbelievable for them. You know what I mean? They're probably going to lose a load of players. They're going to have to pay back this debt. You know, they're downgrading their academy. You know, we're talking about Burnley and with all due respect, it's going to be difficult enough for them to attract. It really does look like this relegation could cost them so dearly with the decisions they've made this season with the manager and everything that's going on. I think that this this is going to be a tough one for Burnley. I I see a long, I see a long, a long hard road for Burnley. Yeah.
0: yeah. They're the last of the dying breed, aren't they? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. in I, terms
1: of stiff
2: football, you know, Stoke they've got a lot of critics and they're, you know, I think there's, I'm not going to pretend that they're at times that I've been happy having Burnley away regardless of what football I'm like, This is long. This is annoying. But, and I'm sure there's many listeners to this podcast that also are probably a little bit mm-hmm. happy that Burnley isn't in the Premier League right now. But I think, one, Sean Dyche is an amazing manager, right? I, I think, I, I know we, 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 we've we talked about this a lot, mm-hmm. but that Sean Dyche and Diego Simeone aren't too dissimilar in how they want to play for him. amazing. Uh, in that, you know, they they don't mind sacrificing a bit of attacking talent for just like rigid solidity in the middle. But I think that's amazing. Also, mm-hmm. by all accounts, Dyche is a really nice bloke <laughs> On a good day, you know, obviously he can be a bit stern. I'll tell you right now, out of all the Premier League managers I've met, I've never mm. seen a man as happy as Sean Dyche when, when Burnley win. He comes in and he's so happy. He's like, You're right, lads. That was fun, innit? Long pass, long pass. Not a long ball, a long pass is what he's told. I remember he said that word. Like, oh, yeah, I was like, You got jokes today. He loved it, which is fun. And then you, you think
1: is that is vibe. Yeah, they're not going to be in the league anymore. I really wonder what deeply happened with that, car. What happened? What would make you, as a a boss or owner, whatever, come in with a man like Sean Dyche, who's not been backed as well as anyone who's doing as well as he's doing with a club of the stature of Burnley, nowhere near being backed like he should. And what happened in somebody's mind, somebody's head, what say, listen, what we're doing, I don't think he could take us forward. Somebody who's not been backed. What And he stayed there. What more could he do? What makes you think to yourself, you know what, I think the best thing for us to do in this moment while we're kind of sinking out of this league, while we're dropping out of this league, is to, to sack Sean Dyche.
2: Now, is it as ridiculous as what Leeds did in removing Bielsa? Right? Both of these clubs get to a point where they've got famous managers that have got them to the promised land and have basically fundamentally transformed the club not only in the first team but the academy level and completely changed what that club was possible and both of them get to a point this season where they ain't cutting it out they ain't, they ain't do it no more and the injuries are piling up yeah okay they haven't been back in the transfer market or what not but it's probably got to the point where the players aren't listening to the manager as well as what they used to be and Leeds went we're going to have to do it. We're going to have to bite the bullet and get rid of them. And Burnley did that a bit later. And it's, and it, again, fine margins, right? Mm. One club did it and one club didn't. And in the end of it, it was what? It came down to a, a red card, a yeah. penalty and <laughs> Newcastle getting better.
1: Leeds is bored. They were lucky in the end. They're lucky that Rafinha, you know, especially in the last five, six games that I've seen him, he's, he, he turned up in that game. And we saw him do his, his knee walk across the pitch. In, you know what I mean? He's, that was his penance, I suppose, for God giving him what he prayed for. Yeah. But like I said it, I said it on Match of the Day, that, that board have a massive sigh of relief to, to, to actually to breathe simply because of the way that they've gone about their business. If they were going to get rid of um, Bielsa, a man who, like I said, he brought a championship side into the Premier League And he was duking it out in in a style that he wanted to duke it out. And who knows if they gave him the kind of players that he could have continued trying to build the way he played, better players playing the system that he wanted to play. Okay, they didn't do it. He was trying with these players. They couldn't do it. Now, I believe they either should get rid of him earlier or, you know, give him a chance to try and get out of it at least. But they sacked him. Okay, they made the decision to sack him. You know what I mean? After not really backing him. And then I think the injuries that they have, you can't, you can't blame anyone for that. That's just what happens. And then they sack him. They bring in Jesse Marsh. And then in the end, they scrape by. But like the ball would have to take a lot of, for me, a lot of the flack. Because if they start the season mm. and they haven't made some signings to help Jesse Marsh. You think about that Leeds yeah. team, the Leeds team that finished
2: top half last season. Mm. and the spine of that team that team that's the spine of that team so you know Bamford mm. Phillips mm-hmm. what not those players did not were not fit enough Didn't... to play together until mm. March yeah. mm-hmm. this season and Bielsa obviously oh, you know he loves his murder mm-hmm. ball and he loves his really r- rigorous intensive training sessions and I suppose you know for Leeds I guess they went you are overworking these players at a time where they <coughs> where you cannot overwork these players you can't keep you know risking muscular injuries in the training ground when we we barely have enough players Mm. you just need to go for it so uh, there are so many clubs now I think if you look at it Leeds now probably have a really really important summer window for new Mm -hmm. season Manchester United huge window Southampton huge window Um, Chelsea Chelsea, huge window
1: Arsenal Arsenal, huge window Um, um, Tottenham you look at a team and you think okay City have just got Haaland. Liverpool are gonna need to maybe do something. Surgical summer for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody has to do something, but I don't it's it's how much. I think Leeds need a load of work. Arsenal, I think, key signings. I don't think we can afford to 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 make a the kind of that we're gonna spend the kind of monies where somebody comes in and we hope. We I don't think we could do that now. We need to buy a goer. We I'm not saying. Um, Luis Diaz but I'm talking Luis Diaz kind of energy has to come in the ground running mm-hmm. that, that, that's that's what they need to do the recruitment which has yeah, been very, very good. good I have to give Edu his due with what he's got up to this point been good but they need some experience and they need some some players who are, f- are fucking ready to go
2: I'm going to ask you this now mm. um, you, you you finished fifth mm-hmm. you're in that you're in that tight space where you want to be in the Champions League, but also in the Europa League. So mm-hmm. would you prefer to build your squad so you have enough players that can make a long run in the Europa League? Or would you be happier with
1: two or three like blue chip players to just get yourself
2: into top four?
1: I'd rather get the players that can have a season where we go in, the, go deep, mm-hmm. go deep in the Europa League and stay obviously in and around between the, the fourth and that because then I know that they're going to get something out of that journey. And then if they do win that, or if they, then we're in the Champions League and then you can attract right. that player. So that's the, that's the journey I would like them to have. I'd like them to have that journey where we're in the Europa League and we go deep, semi-finals, final, that kind of win it. That's because if we're in it, that's what we should be trying to do is win it. shouldn't be using it just to, to you, know, you know, like blood players. We need to win that like when Mourinho with, with Man United, you're in there, you win it, you get back in. Because we need to get back in. But it was, you know, this season would have been for me very, it would have been a, a year too early, you know? You know when people say things like people come up from the championship and they said yeah, they came up maybe too early for themselves. I believe that the, the work they would have had to do if we went up would have been really, really tough and a lot of pressure because they're trying to get that play, stay in the Champions League places and that. But I think if we can get those players for Europa League, to go with what we've got, and have a really good season, and hopefully win it, we should be trying to win it for me. Carl. And then get back in the Champions League, then you can attract that other player. Then with a season, like with that, a season in lieu. I like that description
2: because you you basically want to use the Europa League to teach the yeah. players how to win games, Perf, yes. and how to how to win those fine margin moments, exactly,
1: right? Exactly, Carl. So you want them to have that year because the year they've just had, they will have if they. <laughs> if they're intelligent players and understand and ambitious people, they'll learn from the latter stages of this season especially and the start of the season because the pressure that the Arsenal players, a young the youngest team in the league, were under at the start of the season. Remember, they were bottom of the league. Um, and then to, to, to get that back, Mikel, change the whole culture of it, get the fans back on board. You know what I mean? There's no noise upstairs. It's all football. We had a decent run. Like I keep saying, we flew a bit too close to the, to the sun. We were a bit Icarus. We came back to earth. But the fact is, the journey should have taught them something. Mentally, what it means. Because when you look at what City have to do, and yes, City got money to buy, to, to buy the players. But the, the same thing with the mentality. It's a mentality thing. Liverpool's mentality. Nowhere near the money what City have got. Mm-hmm. For Liverpool to be hanging on to City's cocktails is a miracle with the resources that City have got. They've taken Sterling, Gundawan, and Sinchenko off the bench. For Christ, and they left a hundred million pound Jack Grealish on the bench. We talk about oh, everybody says about the money. Yes, he's managing that team because they're an unbelievable squad of players, but he's got the capability of doing that, you know. Whereas Liverpool, they don't. They have to make sure that they go wisely in the, in in the, um, in the transfer market. At the same time, with with us and what he's, what Edu and Miguel's doing, I think they're on the, they're, the. I think we're in the right place.
0: Whilst we're here, I think it's a really good time to, to cast our minds back. And, and I want to give props to uh, a team and a certain, a certain gentleman because we mentioned Arsenal there and, you know, just missing out on top four. We mentioned Spurs mm-hmm. as well. But there was one man, one team that caused chaos <laughs> in North London on back-to-back weekends. Back-to-back weekends. Brighton, bro. Big potter. Went to North London. Big potter. Went to North London. Back-to-back
1: weekends. Oh, my God. L for you. L for you. Now figure out who's going to get Champions League. You know, when you look, and again, Mayo, the chances. Nine. They were able to, to finish off the chances. We saw the second goal they scored. Pascal Gross, right, was the kind of goal that they've been making that kind of chance since Brighton have been here, but they haven't got that striker what scores the goal, what gives them the capability of sitting back a bit, playing, playing and just maybe nicking another one or just just managing the game. They just don't take chances. And they still finish ninth. They lost five games on the bounce. Yeah. They yeah, didn't yeah. score a goal at home for like Unfortunately. Remember, remember when he had to do that? Remember when he had to address the fans after the lead and say, game. whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to we need to look at our history a bit here and see, you know, these fans are kind of forgetting the history of what's going on recently. He had to just, like, pull them up a bit and they had to take that on board. They had to swallow that because he's right. Do you know I have to give them flowers,
0: though, right? Because after that five-game loss, especially at that point in the season where a team like them who typically finish 15th, 16th, I think there's was a season where they finished 13th, it gets to a point where it's like, we're not going to get relegated. Mm. You kind of go into, I call it a beef mode where you start, you know, calling your your assistant, oh, can you see if the Villa's available <laughs> wanna this for the boys and <laughs> everything. Yeah, you know, that part of the season, but they've been unbeaten since that yep. since that um five game. They've been unbeaten. They've won like five or six of those games. They beat United 4-0. I was there. I was they there. No- yeah. now, I, I, so one thing that I always
2: think of, last season, Graham Potter did an interview with the BBC. Graham Potter? Graham Potter. Mm-hmm. Did an interview the BBC and he said, if you look at the Premier League, 85% of the league position is, is decided before a ball is kicked. He goes, before, before each season, 85% of the league table is done. He mm. goes, you know who's going to be competing for the Champions League. You know who's going to be competing for relegation. Yeah. And it, but he says, that extra 15%, that's where I have to work. Wow. He goes, you ha- that, he goes that 15% is where you have to be smart. You have to, think, you have to be intelligent. You have to be hopeful. You've got to be fit. And he goes, I, we just have to work in that 15% of hope. And I asked him about this again after the United game. I basically just went how did you do that to Manchester United? And he said, Well, I think it was it's the same thing. You've got to just make sure everyone at your football club is aligned on a vision and then you make sure you make good decisions constantly and you can remember your process. And he said, This Brighton team's good, but for where Brighton want to be, not everyone at Brighton's gonna be there. Mm for that journey. He says, some of those players are going to be mm. too good and will need to be, and will be bought by other players, yeah. he said. And he also gave the impression that you know, some of the players, he goes, we have to get good at buying them. We also have to get good at selling them because yeah. he went, he basically admitted there are also going to be times where some players who might have been there are gonna have to, for two or three seasons yeah. will get to a point where you're like, okay, well, we want to now start competing for seventh and eighth and you mm-hmm. might not be that player mm-hmm. so we're going to have to move you on as well. And it's just that thing of, there are some clubs in this league that have money Mm. and that's how they solve their problem and there are some clubs in this league that don't have money and that's why they've got problems and Potter is amazing in that they don't necessarily have the money Mm -mm. but they go okay what do we have and how are we going to solve that problem Mm. afterwards and that's why
1: that's why I put Ells on the North London clubs that's why I put Ells on West Ham honestly you look at it it, the club (laughs) the owner brilliant the manager brilliant the the stadium and uh, you know once he got them back on board board the, the Brighton fans really good, really nice to them. Stayed them with the capability to go again if they were able to build on if they want to but um, with that manager, you're talking about players may think, you know what, we've stayed for a little while. we've been here for a few years now and kind of not moving quick enough he's a manager, remember when he signed the contract and it was like six years out of nowhere because they see the picture, they want him to get into the Mm -hmm. journey, what he's doing. I would love to see Graham Potter in Europe because he's got European experience. I'd love to see him with a team in Europe. I think that he's probably going to want to do at some stage. You know, so if he can get the players at Brighton and he could see the Brighton team that are taking the chances, you know, because they they defend brilliantly. Their midfield is always a midfield that's got the capability of sniffing out with Basuma, creation with Pascal Gross and these players who who can get the ball forward?
2: I think what's the brilliant thing about Brighton is they were always going to have chances. You know, Graham Potter's like, okay, so some of you aren't, you know, none of my strikers are clinical, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to keep, I'm going to f- stop finding a way to get you chances on a plate. Some of these, that's amazing coaching.
0: It's, it's about finding the right player. And of course, they've got um, Dennis and I've come back and he smashed it in the Belgium League. It reminds me a little bit of when Emmanuel Dennis was out there smashing Mm, it and it's about how easy is it to translate into the Premier League like he's scored he's shown that he can score goals he's got about like 20 plus goals 10 plus assists and in that sort of Brighton system where there's loads of chance creation it's just about being able to put the ball in the back of the net it sounds so simple but we're talking about the 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 top level the top top level I, I think he could be good I feel like Ultimately, Brighton's like scouting. It's like a football manager foul save. They <laughs> find the best young talent ever. That like, Cucurello was an absolute steal. What I don't know how every Jesus. other team did not make that move after the European oh, Championship. gosh, he's good. Fantastic, good. fantastic, fantastic. So I feel like this could be finally be the one that could slot in at a good age as yeah. well, I believe he's 25, mm. and, and do it. But I do feel that they, de- they do need that experience as well. It's great to have that like, one that's, you know, fairly new to the league. But if you can have that experienced striker, because that's what they had in Glenn Murray. I know it's a different time, but Glenn Murray for each season would give you 10 goals guaranteed. He would get you 10 Mm -hmm. goals. Guaranteed. You wouldn't have to think about it. He's going to get your goals and they need a guaranteed goal scorer. Molipi does well, but you're never sure if he's going to, if it's going to be high or low with him. And that's the problem.
2: Ian, I want to ask something you mentioned on the match Mm. of the day, where it was you, Gary, Alan, and you were talking about the golden boot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Gary said, would you be happy with 23 goals golden in your season? You're like, eh. You like, You did a little joke and you, Gary asked, why do you think strikers are able to win golden boots with 23? And you said, uh, you know, it's different. They play one up top uh, and it goes that inverted mm-hmm. winger thing. And then it mm-hmm. moved on. What is
1: the inverted winger thing? You see, like our, um, I think like when we were playing Salah, the way Mane plays on the width, the wide um, um what is uh, mares that kind of player those players who are scoring those are sterling you know those kind of players mm-hmm. are the ones who are scoring the goals son those kind of players who if when we were playing sonny sterling mares left winger you know i see i sonny probably be a right winger sterling be a right winger um mm-hmm. would be a left winger um, Mo Salah would be kind of a left winger So the way it's happened now Where they don't have Like when we were playing two up front Or even even after that like, Then two up front with Dennis coming inside As the number 10 You know it wasn't like how it was Like Thier- Thierry kind of like Thierry's probably the hi- the person who started that Wasn't he? You know the winger coming into But then he went inside as well But like I think that with The days of that striker like Al Shearer scored because he's up there all the time and the way you're getting the ball up there, it's in the box all the time. It's different the way they're playing now. You know, the forward has to come off. You have to go in behind. You know, then, then it just comes down to how hungry and how clinical the winger is, like the, the inverted winger is because we've seen Mo Salas on a regular basis another 20 goals this season. You know, Son, 20 goals. He's not, he's not always, he's not up the top up the top line like a striker is and that's where it's different because I look at how, how I would play my game would have to be totally different to play now and I like do it because you know I'm looking at the same kind of stature as Alex, Alexander Lacazette would we'll have to come in link the play I wouldn't want to come as deep as I've seen him come but like because I want to be in and around the box but you want to link the play and get mm-hmm. in the box that's what you want to do because that's why I'm interested to see how many goals Erlen Haaland scores next season mm-hmm. When like a, a
2: when you play next to inverted winger, does it change the way the crosses come in for you? Would it that would Only that have
1: cal- to change your timing? Go on, go on quick, then, man, man. I was gonna I like say, Carl, you don't. You probably don't
0: even. You probably don't even get the crosses because remember back in the when they went as winger, the yeah. winger instruction was quote unquote get chalk on yeah, your wings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the the penalty box was for the striker. Now the he has to share it with with these other guys. So if you think about them. <laughs>
1: The chances that striker getting more. everyone else. Yeah, you're sharing it with um with uh, with like now, like Mane and Salah. You know they're sharing it out because you, you don't make the same runs. You don't bump get to the near post because you know what the winger's is going to do. Because I know that we're going to get the ball to the winger and he's going to get it in as soon as he can. Now you can make a run in the box, go get it, and he'll set it back to Trent. He'll set it back to Trent. set it back to, to Reese. So you're, you're having to make different kind of runs. The, even the runs that you used to make is, is kind of different because they say getting a far post, getting a near post. You could, you could do that as much as you want now. Some t- but the game's different because they want to go inside to Trent, who's a right back, who's now gone and joined into the midfield. So then he can, he can then get outside if Mo Salah, Mo Salah comes inside. So then you're waiting. Right. You're kind of waiting for the ball to get out there so you can make the run Do You understand what I'm saying? So it's not as frequent because... The system and the way that they're playing now, the striker's got to do a lot of waiting. It's not coming there quick enough. And plus, you might be, you might be coming deep to to link play. It's 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 a different it's a different um discipline now. Being a striker, I think that's why Harry Kane's adapted well to it. I want to see how Harlan adapts to it. Who was a Benzema, Benzema. They've all, it's 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 the new age striker now. It's that's why you see. That's why I don't think you'll see. Um, like a, a Shearer type person scoring those goals like he used to but we could see it has to be in a team like City where they're going to be making a shitload of chances <laughs> to someone who's just there just tapping them in you know and this is why when you see this, the goals and we're talking like there's one time they won it on 18 goals back in our day Michael Owen Dion Dublin and someone else shared it on 18 goals Mike Teddy t- t- sharing them and you know what I mean that was one of the lowest ever I think but 23 now it's a lot of goals to score in the league. A lot. Um, we're speaking about
0: strikers, but on the team, not more flowers probably, shout outs. Brentford's first season. Yeah, they have to. But the return of the 10 has been so key yes. to that. Christian Eriksen. Oh, come on. Oh my word. It's going to be
1: interesting as well with that, Mayo. Up. What's going to happen with Christian Eriksen? And if he's going to stay with Brentford because they gave him the, the opportunity, they gave him the stage to say, listen, I'm fucking here and I'm back. With a bang as well, so it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. But what he showed is the ten is here. Majestic, to stay. come on, man,
0: majestic. We thought it was over. It's not. He, he that may position be, yeah. is still
1: alive. Christian Eriksen came back and let people know that if you got the right and if you're playing it right, and they play it too, because when you look at Brentford, guys, I there was a, remember there was a time Brentford never spent one day in the bottom three, and there was a time where I'm thinking they're going to get sucked sucked in. Right, little did I know. Christian Eriksson's on the horizon for them. And as soon as he came, Brentford's team went 15 yards up the pitch. Because now you've got somebody in the area of the field, the last third, who can keep the ball and keep, the bo- keep it going amongst yourselves. So as then you don't get it somewhere. Like we used to see at the start of the season, they'd get it, get it up. Ivan Tony would try and link it, they'd lose it, bam. So then what happens is, is that the defensive side of them are nervous. About going up and supporting and making sure they don't want to commit too many players. I remember watching them when Ericsson got there, their team was 10, 15 yards further up and able to then get the ball and pick people out. They've turned it. Ivan Tony, for me, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to put my money on him being right amongst the, the Golden Boot next season, especially if they keep Ericsson. Because if I'm, if I'm Thomas Frank, I'm saying to Ivan Toney, I don't want you to do nowhere near as much work you've had to do in the team in the first. Sometimes you're seeing him in the right back and the left back slot. He's going back doing defensive stuff and he's way back. No. He's capable of scoring 20 goals. If, if He's capable of scoring 20 goals in this league, Ivan Tony. So I'm interested to see what happens. His penalty technique. is amazing. It's beautiful so as well good. to watch. I love it. I remember when
0: Chelsea played them and I was going to the game and I was thinking to myself, it's going to be so good to see Eriksen. Little did I know that he was going to make me really angry because <laughs> just the quality of this person, check over the shoulder, find the pocket of space. Just space invading, mm. just delicate touches. Even the goal he scored, just arriving on the ball, slotting it in. Mm. You're just thinking, it's so crazy how one player's quality can just bring the best mm. out of everyone else. Everyone suddenly goes, if he's playing to that level,
1: if I'm mm. half of that, the team's better. Yeah. It is so good. Absolutely. Yeah, but the thing is, he's brought the standards of the team up. Brentford look like a different team. All of the players, like when Dennis came, something happens in you where you say, I've got to, I've got to fix up my business. Ericsson's given those Brentford players the, I've got to fix up my business. They look like a different team. They look better. They look better. You know, and they play a good brand of football. Very intense. It's the new rocker. It's a rock and roll there, especially when they're there. You know, they've got, again, you know what? It's it's him or Graham Potter's got to get flowers this week. Can we give out two bunches? Because they've been magnificent, them two. Magnificent. Sometimes I think about just
2: what the 2022-23 season looks like, right? So we've got, there's a World Cup in the middle of it.
1: Mm. <laughs> oh, <fuck> me, yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I, I know I'm supposed to say this in a, I know i supposed to say this In a smarter way But What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? What? You're doing that we, The the trend, So The Premier League stops for a couple of weeks Then we come back We play on Boxing Day And then you've got the January transfer window And then the Champions League as
1: well Yeah You're just like What are you doing? <laughs>
0: This is like, you know, remember the Hudson, the Hudson video there? Let's not let's take let's let's <laughs> <it, let's> <laughs> that. Is, that is what it is. You've been prepping for it. You've been doing Jack Bauer already, twenty four hours. So yeah, I've done a 24. You're,
1: yeah. You're ready. <laughs> I'm doing my you're ready for it. Well, you know what? If, can I be honest before we go, guys? If it's anything like that last 24 hours, the football, I have to say, Leon, massive flowers. I'm probably going to give flowers to Leon with everything what they've done, coming back, getting their crown back. Barcelona, I'm really sorry. You know what I mean? I'm going to give them something because it's a beautiful season they've had. I've got to give them love there as well. But that was a fantastic occasion and they they they, they, did, they did it proud. Uh, if I could have a 24 hours like I had and it came and it manifested in the league, the World Cup, and I'll take it all day. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll, I'll take it all day because a brilliant weekend, you know? But guys, I think that's it. I'm going to have to say goodbye, my missus. I just heard the doorbell. <laughs> <laughs> guys, thank you so much, man. Good to see you guys, man. Oh, Love you
2: guys. It's so good to see you.
1: Thank you very much, Karlanka. Thank you very much, Mia Quadre. Listen, guys, what can I say? Thank you so much for listening this season. I hope um, it's been worth your while and make sure you come back again uh, next, uh, next season. I'm going to be taking a couple of weeks off, in fact, and then I'll be back on um for the women's euros because i'm not missing that so hopefully you guys then but until then make sure you stay safe and stay well have have a a well-deserved break man and treat yourself to, to something nice and i don't just mean like an ice cream or something something really nice so take it easy have a great time god bless